0: Hello and welcome to another episode of Breaking Mayberry, the podcast that is now 100% AI generated. I'm
1: one of your hosts, Martin Schneider. I'm your other host. 404 file not found hey marty how's it going hello daniel <laughs> hello co-host name <laughs> oh we're done with this bit we've now. had
0: many adventures together <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, insert rapport here
0: oh god what would happen if we fed uh, an ai like every script of every episode of the andy griffith show do you think
1: it would kill itself it would just commit grisly suicide.
0: That's the Andy Griffith Show is our defense against like a Skynet-style uprising.
1: It would like, it would just do like the plot of American History X fifteen times.
0: If everything gets too bad, we need to like Independence Day-style fly into the the home server and just upload a flash drive that has on repeat like sixty-four gigs of Andy and Opie housekeepers. <laughs>
1: It, it does a little like skull thing, like in Independence Day.
0: <laughs> oh, hello, listeners! I'm we're back. I'm Marty Schneider. That's Dan Ludwig, and so- we are back to watching the Andy Griffith Show. I, it's weird to say we're back, like, We didn't take a break this time. We did some mini uh, but we're we're returning to Mayberry for season five. Uh, the last of the black and white seasons, the last of the Don, Don Knotts regular seasons.
1: Yeah, this is the last season where it is like the Andy Griffith show that people like, and just turns into something that is universally despised, especially by people that like the Andy Griffith show.
0: It's so bizarre. They like mean, it's kind of like how we decided that there's only like seasons three through ten of the Simpsons, and that's yeah. being generous. You know. Uh, they've, they've really, like, latched in on this part. So this is the last bit of it. And, you know, just from this little bit that we've seen so far, it sucks. I mean... <laughs> Not a fan.
1: It's better. I think it's, yeah. I think, I think this, everything we've seen is, like, it's still, you know, it's still dog shit. But, like, it, it definitely, like, they've figured stuff out and they actually are doing a television show now? And... yeah. We watched like four or five episodes together, and you know I didn't want to vomit blood, which is normally what happens if I watch like season four. If I watched more than two episodes in a row, I was ready to like, like claw my eyes out. <laughs> so it's it's improving, it's learning, much like an AI.
0: Uh, before we get into this, though, I do want to do a little bit of uh of housekeeping and some long overdue shout outs and things like this first people i want to shout out uh, are uh the hosts of the podcast surf kings of gotham kyle and brady hey. uh, kyle, uh brady who said very nice things about us in their first episode surf kings of gotham is a podcast you can listen to with your ears um that is about it's kind of what we do but they are taking on uh the 1960s Batman sitcom it's a sitcom that's what they describe it as and they're correct i will admit i was sus- i was suspicious at first cuz it's like i don't know how you do something that we do for a subject that is a joke that doesn't take itself seriously but i think they figured it out uh, i think it's pretty much just basking in the stupidity of it
1: they're they're saying that they're kind of trying to like do our whole model of things uh to which i say like Oh, oh, Think you. So you want to come for the fucking throne? Huh? Think you're a big man? Think you can do what we do? Huh? Yeah. You want to take our format going through old TV riffing on it? Huh? We're the huh? only ones who have Think ever you can done hack that. It? Think... Think you can do it better than us. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. Big man. We're, we're yeah. We're trying to be nice. All right. Big tough guys. Come on. Yeah. Come at us. Come at us. Come at us. Daniel. Do it.
0: What? trying to be nice to these people.
1: I this is the, the highest compliment I can pay is is being threatened by you.
0: All right, Surf Kings of Gotham. It's available <laughs> yeah. wherever you get your podcast. Give them a listen. I'm really enjoying. It. I really like their latest episode where they just go in on how fucking stupid the Mad Hatter is. <laughs> it's, it's a stupid it's a good... concept of, for a character, <laughs> even by like Batman standards. It's dumb. So I'm really I'm really enjoying it. Give that a listen to Surf King the Gotham. Uh the other shout
1: Take your shots, motherfucker. The other shout
0: out I want to give is somebody who uh contacted us contacted us recently on Twitter. Uh and that is a blog called Flaming Nose TV. And Flaming Nose okay. TV, if you look at the website, it's just a uh I mean it's like a WordPress blog about classic television and things. And and newer t- TV, too. Uh and it's written, you know, fairly nicely. But they contacted us recently <laughs> After listening to our episode about Barney's sidecar, let me tell you, like, this is how you know Flaming Nose is a real one. Like, they listened to that episode, which is probably our most blatant cop-hating episode, and also the episode mm. where we pretended to be sponsored by a company that was called Smooth My Balls, right? <laughs> that was the Smooth My Balls episode. It never
1: won't make me laugh. So,
0: Flaming Nose listened to that episode and was like, yeah, these guys... Like they, he re- they reached out at us about why, why do these fans think that Barney's kidding, uh? And now Flaming Nose is list is like going back and listening to all of our stuff, uh, and says I'm actually 68 years old. So the Andy Griffith Show has been around all my life. My career was in TV programming, and very few people cared to ponder the popularity of Mayberry as a wi- as a weird concept. The show is so ubiquitous, and they only remember Barney as funny. So. We've been waiting for this for so long. We've been waiting for.
2: We got through to we one. We got
0: one. We got one, and we got one that actually worked in TV. It's
1: it's like uh, like a teacher at an inner city high school in a movie. Like if I can just get through to one of them, that it'll all have been worth it. So like. Hey! So f-
0: for for that alone, you should give Flaming Nose a read, and I will link to the blog in the background. But thank you, thank you for the nice things that you've said about us, and people should look at your things. Speaking of people saying nice things and not so nice things, we've got a few new reviews on Apple Podcasts uh, that I want to go through. Uh, they range from good, bad, and uh, very, very neutral. I would say, Mask mas Haza gave us a good review that says. I've been cashing up to this for a while. I really love their analysis of the show and how it has impacted society as a whole. The comedy is solid. The chemistry is there. The guests are knowledgeable and relevant. And frankly, I've been having a delightful time listening to it. Well, we're gonna fuck that up now, aren't we? Time to mess with this. <laughs> so, thanks for that, Mastaza. Another interview or another review came from an evil herbivore who writes: "This is a podcast that you can listen to." Five stars.
1: Accurate. <laughs> honestly my favorite one and and uh I think just I, I I think I'm going to make the request all reviews that are positive from here on out just be that <laughs> just say those words verbatim and let's just see how many of them we can no, get
0: I, we can't I think Apple will start deleting them if after a little bit
1: oh yeah I don't think it's a yeah. bot redacted redacted uh, and then we have uh,
0: our first ever negative review, which is still two stars, Uh, from, and I'm so mad to get on this guy's bad side, because it's-, it's, uh, it's I think,
1: don't say, don't say their name.
0: I have to say their name. I have to say their name. Oh. Okay. Uh, because they are Apple user ByGun69. I'm saying-
1: Oh, yep, yeah. I'm
0: saying ByGun, because it's B-I-G-U-N, so that could either be Biggin- or big gun 69 uh but I'm going so is it a big gun or by gun and I'm going with by gun I think it's a bisexual gun 69 uh so
1: I think it's a, a prequel to Trigun.
0: gun ooh oh that makes perfect sense uh yeah. by gun 69 writes – and this is a long one so I'll have to skim some of it disappointed Really sad that these two aren't able to to recognize the superior writing, the great musical pairing to complement many scenes, the talent of the actors, etc. of The Andy Griffith Show. While I'm not much of a fan of the first season, which is Andy to Country or Silly, and the color episodes, I find other seasons to be far superior to other television shows. Yes, there are certainly times when certain portions of the episode are a little far-fetched, but the show is 60 years old. And usually these moments contributed to humor in a particular scene. Now, he goes in on one very specific episode that we did, which was, uh, I think it's Best Western Hotel Detective. So it sounds like he watched, he listened to half of Best Western Hotel Detective and then wrote this. And he kind of like argues that these guys describe Barney wanting to score a felony arrest in Raleigh while at the hotel in Raleigh and then having to improperly drive the perp back to Mayberry to fi- file charges. Did you notice he basically turned the jewel thief over to the house detective when apprehended? barn exaggerates a little he's the same guy who complains about not having any tear gas gonna stop you right there (laughs) biggin gonna stop you right there by gun we know that he's the guy who complains about not having any tear gas and we hate that
1: yeah that's not that's not a point in his favor
0: i'm gonna skip the rest of his like direct like arguments just remember there's a reason the show has never gone off the air and that there are many fan clubs and festivals despite the passage of many years and bible studies based on the episodes that's all one sentence so it kind of sounds like he's saying despite the fact that there are bible studies there are still fans (laughs) whatever uh oh and 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 then gives that
1: last part sounds vaguely threatening like, well, I mean, like, there's a, a legion. You better not forget. The, we got numbers. Uh,
0: yeah, there is a reason why the show has never gone off the air. It's because you psychopaths write death letters to to advertisers and networks when they try to take the reruns away. But also the other reason why the show has never gone off the air is because Ted Turner bought those rights for cheap. Like, yeah, that's the reason why it was on TBS every single time there was an Atlanta Braves rain delay. That's also the like it's because Ted Turner bought them because they cost fucking nothing. That's also the reason we have a Cartoon Network, by the way, is that Ted Turner bought a bunch of Hanna-Barbera cartoons that cost absolutely nothing for him and decided, well, we need a, a channel to air this stuff. Um, anyway, it gets mad at What a
1: champion of American <laughs> capitalism. We, Breaking Mayberry, salute you, Ted Turner.
0: Uh, There's no such thing as a good billionaire, but if there was, I mean, Ted Turner seems, I don't know, like a chill dude at least. <laughs>
1: Benign <laughs> Relatively
0: Then you know Biggin doesn't like That we swear And I know man We're sorry Like our parents Don't like it either And then the yeah. last sentence is To their credit I did hear them acknowledge Some of the scenes As funny And I think that's why We got the two stars But the other thing is I went back and listened To the Hotel Detective episode We gave that shit Seven stars <laughs> We were so chill so about gave, that we one. We gave
2: that one a seven. We liked that episode. Yeah. By the end of it, we were like, I'm fine with this. So Yeah, that was one of my favorite episodes.
0: <laughs> so there we go. Ran the gamut on responses uh, to us. Uh, check out Flaming Nose. Check out uh, Surf Kings. And I looked, by the way, and I can't find another review by gun So he, he, they, he, he, almost made, certainly he made, he, him. made yeah. the account.
1: I think that's um, enough
0: enough to go into uh, into the episodes. You got anything?
1: That's that's enough jerking off. Let's get into the into the thick of it.
0: All right. Today we are uh, in season five. Uh, we're gonna probably do episodes one and two. Uh, the f- I, tradition dictates that the first episode of every season is always like an opie episode. Every every season opens with an opie one, uh, and today's is called <sighs> Opie Loves Helen. Directed by Aaron Rubin, written by Bob Ross, uh, and airs September 21st, 1964. Here is your one-sentence summary from Wikipedia. Opie develops a crush on Helen and wants to buy a gift for her. If you don't remember who Helen is, that makes sense because she has the personality of a piece of styrofoam. But (laughs) Helen is Andy's girlfriend and Opie's teacher. So this is a... Crush on the teacher episode.
1: By my count, this is the third Opie falls in love with an adult woman episode. The one time was Andy's previous girlfriend, right? Uh, another time was Thelma Lou, uh, and this time is Helen Crump. Uh, Helen Crump and Helen Crump. <laughs> um, and uh, this one I think is defined by the fact that um, Opie's Opie is aged, and the first time was like kid doesn't really understand what loving somebody is. The other one is like, oh, it's sweet. He doesn't know any better. Um, And this one is defined by the fact that Opie is vaguely horny, Um, yeah, which makes yeah, it the so much worse because he's, he, what is he, like 12 now?
0: The, the closer, He's probably 10 or 11, but the closer to puberty that Ron Howard gets, the less cute that this whole thing is. Um,
2: yeah, let me, it's really
0: gnarly. Let me go ahead and say this, though, like whatever we've we've done like cute like kid crush plot lines you know kid has a crush on a teacher plots are ubiquitous we've seen a bajillion of them it's not that interesting and this whole episode is not that interesting until one moment which made me scream that i was going insane like until yeah. like
1: the the resolution is so fucking weird It makes Andy- this whole episode, Andy, is a huge piece of shit. I watched it twice. The first time, I was bored. The second time, I was, like, paying acute attention to Andy's behavior, and I was like, you are such a horrible parent. (laughs) (laughs) Like, it is defined by Andy's just abs- being so past the point of giving a shit about his son, where he's just at the point where he's like, you're not cute anymore, and the questions you're asking me are no longer fun to explain, I don't get to do fun stories about King Arthur. Now I have to explain reason to you yeah, and like, yeah. the world, and it's not fun anymore. And if you could just fuck off as much as possible, I'd really appreciate it. This is
0: a problem that TV shows have always dealt with, is there's this weird period where kids aren't that cute anymore, but they're not old enough for you to run like rebellious teenager storylines. And we do get yeah. a little bit of rebellion from Opie in this. We're starting to get like the first little hinges of teenage rebellion.
1: Normally when it happens it's because the child star is slowly ceasing to be cute. Yeah. And it's like, "Oh crap, you're like Michael from uh Brady Bunch is getting gangly. We got to get a cousin Oliver in here. Uh he's no long he's no longer adorable. He's starting to look weird." Yeah. Um Ron Howard is still a cute kid. Like He's he's not like he doesn't look fucking weird like one of the kids from Stranger Things. Um <laughs> but they're just like they're just like we are so reliant on this child being seven that we are quickly running out of shit. I to mean do. to
0: to their credit, they don't cousin Oliver him, right? They eventually yeah. kind of do adapt and start doing like teenage OP stories to the to the show's credit. But man, yeah, so this episode starts in the classroom, right?
1: Yeah, yeah. So a- it starts it starts weird because it's... Helen Crump opens the episode by saying, like, all right, kids, it's time to dance together. Um, this is how in, like, the 1800s, this was the only thing people had to do for entertainment, so they just danced all the time. Now, pair up in this classroom as a school activity and dance with each other which li- not super weird little weird don't love making kids dance so opie's normal dance partner is a little girl that
0: he has a crush on and a little girl that he normally dances with sharon sharon so sharon is normally there uh, but sharon is now getting her back brace fixed or something like she's she's off at the at the doctors so that means that uh, there's an odd number of people, so Opie dances with Miss Crump. Right? Miss Crump's like, okay, well, we have to do this. Time to dance. And they dance together for a second. And then also, Opie walks home with Mrs. Crump, or they walk in the same direction. because he,
1: he It's really creepy. He's dancing with her, and you can see his eyes are, like, bugging out of his skull the entire time. And, like, tiny his fucking synapses are firing. And then after... He starts like kind of just talking to her incessantly and is like, Can I walk you home? Andy and Barney see him walking her home and are like, Oh, isn't that cute? Which then kicks off a conversation about marriage between the two of them. Yes. And, that is.
0: And I, wa- I want it notified weird. here, right? This, this episode has Opie, I'm sorry, this episode has Andy call out the fact that. Barney and Thelma Lou have been going together for a while, right?
1: It It's a weird thing because Barney says, you and Miss Crump have been going together for two years. When are you going to get married? And he starts pestering him, and Andy eventually gets him to shut up by saying, you and Thelma Lou have been going together for two years. When are you going to get married? Um, which makes Barney angry, and he runs off. Uh, the, so, chronologically, Andy and Helen Crump have been dating the exact same amount of time as Barney and Thelma Lou? That can't
0: possibly- that, that, that's that's not accurate at all. There's, there's, yeah. there's some lines in these two episodes that throw off the chronological order of, of the whole thing. Uh, of this whole I, thing. But no, my best no. estimate Thelma-
1: is that that's how long they've been Facebook official, basically. Th-
0: Thelma Lou's Liu, been in the picture since Andy's last girlfriend, which is at least season two. Thelma Lou and Barney have been together much longer. That's going to be relevant later. All right? Just stay, stick with us. I know that that sounds like a pedantic, podet- petty detail, and it is, but let's just just mm-hmm. follow us on this. All right. So, uh, Barney also says something like, ah, oh, it's kind of funny, right? When we were growing up, we hated, you know, kids hated our teacher. Remember what we did to our teacher? You know, well, we put tacks in her chair and, uh, you know, threw erasers behind her back and. Boy, she sure was mean. I like that joke. I thought that was kind of funny. It's a good joke. Yeah.
1: They talk about putting a snake in her drawer. Yeah,
0: yeah. Uh, it's a good bit. So the next morning, Opie starts asking Andy, Hey, what should I do if I like a girl? And what if that girl is older than me? And Andy's like, ah, I don't care, whatever. Because you know, he thinks he's talking yo, to like, like a fifth grader and a sixth grader. you know, like."
1: Before he says anything, Andy says, why do you always ask me stuff like this first thing in the she morning? He does say that. Which so, is funny. So he's like, "Man, why do you have to be saying weird shit when I just woke up?" Jesus Christ, can you wait a minute? I'm still eating my breakfast. Can you stop being a little
0: freak? I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to say for all of the parents in our audience, like that seems perfectly normal to me.
1: <laughs> yeah. It's just it it's it's just point one of like Wow, he does not give a fuck anymore. But I think at this point,
0: Opie's got to be like, because I see you like 30 minutes a day, man. Yeah.
1: This is my one window. You're always hitting me with a broom to get out of whatever room you're in now. Oh. This is the only time I have you as a hostage.
0: Oh, man, if only I had a mother figure around the house. If only there was a woman around here who's supposed to be my maternal figure who lives in this house that i could ask about anything no aunt b in this episode
1: (laughs) yeah they don't let her out of the little closet they keep her in
0: uh but anyway andy's advice is just like i don't know man if you like her yeah go ask her to
1: do something get her a gift or whatever just do a thing i don't care he specifically says uh, you know, age age isn't really important, which is like, do you sure you don't want to like put your back into this conversation a little bit. Don't want to do any Maybe
0: investigation. Like, I don't know. To, to slightly defend Andy, he has no reason to think that Opie knows anyone that isn't a child. You know?
1: He's done this shit twice That's before. True. That's true. This is his, set, his third time falling in love with an adult woman. That's he true. He should be on high alert for this shit. Like he, his immediate question should be, "Well, can she legally drive a car?" Uh, <laughs> like he should, he should be basically be like, "All right, time to pull out the checklist of questions about this woman. Uh, is she a voting age? Am I currently in a long-term relationship with her? Who was right, president checking... when
0: she was born?" <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, he he should at this point have this conversation down to a fucking science does she remember the end of the war (laughs) yeah Uh, could she have feasibly birthed you
0: uh opie's now set out to buy a present for miss crump uh to show her that he likes her he is uh he goes to the store with his like 74 cents that he got from drinking soda uh, And turning in the recycling cans. This which joke goes Andy, on forever. It's not interesting or funny. He
1: Andy has a joke that's, like, a little mean-spirited, which uh, Aunt Opie says, like, Can, I'm going to take out all my money to get her a present. And Andy says, like, well, that's a big thing to do. But, you know, she's going to get it all anyway. Um, <laughs> I missed that. <laughs> which is a good joke that was written by a very divorced man. <laughs> I missed that.
2: Yeah. You know what?
0: Fine. That joke's fine.
2: Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, So
0: he goes to, like, buy a scarf or something. He wants to get exactly 74 cents. He wants to spend all of his money. He terrorizes the woman at the drugs or at the gift store uh, who has to look at, like, 30 different handkerchiefs or whatever. But it doesn't look like she's particularly busy. I don't know what he's doing. Uh, Finally, she says, You know what, Opie? I have something that's 80 cents, but, like, that's it. So he runs and he's like, "I gotta go drink more soda pop." So he gets yeah. the cans from that. Next, so he he buys a pair of stockings, like like pantyhose. They're 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 nylons. Yeah. yeah, they're nylons. And he's like, "Look what I brought. Uh, I got the girl I like." And and this is where Andy should be like really getting suspicious because he's like,
2: "Hmm."
1: I don't think this, this is an
0: appropriate is... gift. Because again, he's still thinking that this is a child, right?
1: Well, this is the 1960s with the logic of the 1930s. So I'm pretty sure that getting a woman's stockings was the equivalent of getting her an embroidered butt plug. Um, <laughs> I mean, okay. like. It's, I, it's... I'm pretty sure that this is like a. Like, this touches your flesh. Okay,
0: okay, but like. To this day, right, stockings are still called intimate apparel. That's that's the yeah. the title that they are when you go and buy them at the store. So they are intimates. It's it's similar to buying. I, guess, I mean, no, it, it is underwear, right? Those are things that you wear. Yeah. Underwear. So yeah he, he he bought he bought underwear, which you know is inappropriate no matter what. It is inappropriate if he was buying underwear for another girl in his class. It's inappropriate no matter like it's a, but, okay. but but Andy doesn't say this is an inappropriate gift. He just kind of hems and haws. He's just like, uh well.
1: Oh. Mm. He says I don't think you should get that and you should return it. And I don't really. I'm not capable as a father of explaining this to you. So just take my word for it. Pretty much verbatim. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I want to do like a, a a Saved by the Bell timeout thing. Okay. Look so at the camera. Andy should have fully uh like one something andy should have uh should have thought of is that's if you are getting this for a girl which i think you are a young girl that's a really gross thing to get her uh that will probably make uh her parents fist fight me in public um two oh hey i'm looking at these real fast these are definitely sized for an adult woman So I'm going to use my base of deductive reasoning to say, not for, uh, unless she's tall as fuck, uh, unless she's a future WNBA player, not a child, adult woman, time to put the kibosh on it. Mm. And two, I would probably say like, all right, I'm going to take you back to the store. Let's go
0: to the store right now.
1: Let's go to the store. And then I'm going to talk to the shopkeeper and say, why the fuck are you selling underwear to my child? Like, what is that's wrong true. with you, lady?
0: That's true. Like, like, what is the point of having the friendly shopkeepers in the small town that's every, in each other's business? What is the point of that if not to prevent this from happening? Right? Yeah. Like, if, like, if, if you're, she... you're going to say that, like, it's a good thing that we live in a small town and everybody knows each other and everybody's up in each other's shit, what good are you? What good is any yeah. of this if that woman doesn't get on the phone immediately with Andy and just be like, Hey, listen, uh, your son just bought something weird.
1: Immediately, the next scene should have been like the sound of the little bell ringing as you open a door with just Andy going like, hey, <laughs> nah, guess who's here? You Did you sell my, uh, my child underwear to give to a person? Did you do that, lady? Guess what? You're so under arrest right now. <laughs> Fuck you. It's <laughs> like, not illegal she- to sell underwear.
0: Yeah, but it's illegal to have coke. Cause and- yeah because <laughs> Andy's pl- Andy's capable of planting shit
1: he's done it for less <laughs> like he like and and her defense would be well, I wanted your son to shut the fuck up so I was willing to do pretty much anything at
0: this point at which point uh, Andy would be like okay I understand but still
1: yeah everybody in town wants my son to shut the fuck up yeah
2: you think like, you're, you think
0: you're the only person here who wants my son to shut up <laughs> He's been allowed <laughs> he's been a
1: fucking megaphone since season one okay <laughs> yeah yeah no we, we everybody is annoyed by my child. Nobody gives him underwear as a solution to that. most just t- chase him out of the store. Just do that He's a child. He's much weaker than you just get just tell him to leave. <laughs> He has no resources to not do what you say. <sighs> so that's the direction the show should have gone. And it should have ended with them in small claims court or some shit. <laughs> uh,
0: instead, we're treated to another fucking Juanita Beasley phone call. And just to be clear, this is like the third time it's happened. I'm not even sure why we're surprised. We've mentioned five minutes ago that Barney is in a relationship with Thelma Lou, but here he is calling Juanita Beasley saying, hey, do you want to go to the drive-in movie and suck my dick? Like,
1: Yeah, there's a (laughs) a ranking.
0: Again, once again, you can listen to the, you can watch the episode if you think I'm exaggerating.
1: (laughs) There's a ranking to how horny Juanita Beasley calls are uh, on a scale from one to ten. And this one's a ten, baby. (laughs) He is like... Yeah, you won't be able to change out of your work uniform. Maybe I'll wear mine and we'll go to a drive-in movie theater. It's dripping with horniness. So they're getting emboldened because they used to be like, all right, in this episode, he's with Thelma Lou. And in this episode, he's it's okay for him to, to call Juanita Beasley. And never shall the two mix. We keep those episodes far away from each other. Um, and now they're just like, yeah, we're gonna do them in rapid succession, baby. He's cheating on her. In fact, we are going to make explicitly clear just how committed to each other they are. A lot, all the way, definitely, ex- definitely to the point where this is cheating.
0: Yeah, because um, they were ta-
1: I, they were talking about marriage like five minutes ago. <laughs> and I've been I've been numbed to this over the course of four seasons, I think. And now having had a break, it. Shattered my brain. Gross. To the point where I had to like Google this to make sure that I wasn't insane because I looked up Juanita Beasley and I went to the fandom net and I was like, they're going to talk about how he is cheating on his girlfriend. And it's just like, Juanita Beasley is a woman that Barney calls on the phone. He says romantic things to her and is frequently embarrassed. And I was like, no mention of him cheating on his girlfriend with her. And to the point where I was like, I have to Google barney fife juanita beasley cheating um and i found like first thing i found was a reddit thread there was no mention of it there's like there was like a reddit thread and one article and the reddit thread was somebody on our television just going like hey has anybody noticed that barney fife is cheating on his girlfriend with juanita beasley and all the answers are man, Andy Griffith sure is a great show. A quality program. Ha ha, I'm just laughing thinking about the Andy Griffith show. Like, nobody engages with it. To the point where I think, like, uh, if I walked, if I, if I walked up to a diehard fan of the Andy Griffith show and I was like, Barney Fife was cheating on his girlfriend with Thelma Lou, they'd be like, oh yeah, no, it's uh, it's 2.30. Um, yeah, uh, I think the the weather uh it's probably gonna rain in about two hours but uh yeah have a good one like it just it wouldn't it would just be like static that i'm saying at them
0: i'll take this and run with it uh when betty lynn the actress who played Lou, when she died last year like i saw some old clips and stuff of her at mayberry events at like these events and um somebody asked her spoiler alert by the way Towards the end of this season, I think Barney does actually say to Thelma Lou, let's get married. And Thelma Lou says no. Uh, Mm -hmm. And somebody did ask Thelma Lou, or Betty Lynn, the actress, like, how could you do that to Barney? And even Thelma Lou had to be like, that was a different character. That was a character that I played. I didn't do anything to Barney. Uh, But, like, people were still asking about, like, her breaking Barney's heart. Before this woman died,
2: 50 years yeah. later, and nobody mentions that
0: she – I feel like I'm taking crazy pills. I feel like we're the only people who see this, especially because in this scene, Barney straight up lies to a child, right? Because yeah. the, the, the crux of this th- scene is like right as as Don Knotts is getting real horny, uh, he's embarrassed because – uh, Opie sneaks up behind him and is like, Hey Barney. And then he has to go, ah, sorry, bye. Wrong. number. click and hang up like he always does. Uh, it Opie starts asking Barney, Hey, you go with a lot of girls, right? And Barney's like, why would you say that? I don't know what you're talking about, but, and cause he's Barney, He has to brag and he straight up says, I make it a policy to only go with one girl at a time. And I'm like, do you mean to the movies? <laughs> I only go down the street with
2: one girl at a time.
0: This, this whole shtick is pretty dumb, but basically Barney teaches Opie to recite poetry and they call Miss Crump. uh, And Barney still doesn't know it's Miss Crump, but he like gives, he, Sierra knows it. He gives her poems to read over the, uh, over the phone. And Miss Crump is, uh, Helen says, Hey, Opie, why don't you come over? I need to talk to you.
1: The, I do want to point out that Barney thinks that he is because he is using Opie as full on a human puppet. So Barney does think that he's seducing a little girl through a little boy and the little boy is actually trying to seduce an adult woman. So it is a creep show within a creep show. It's it's a creep show turducken.
0: Let's try not to think about this too much. Uh, So Barney, so Opie leaves, and then Thelma, I'm sorry, Helen does the exact thing that she should do, which is call back immediately, call the police station immediately, thinking she's going to get to talk to Andy, she doesn't, it's Barney she and barney like
2: freaks out like oh jesus christ what have i done (laughs) oh no he he does i will i will give credit to both the character and the show
1: he has a very realistic reaction to what he did which is basically one realize that he has done some sort of crime and that he has also been caught helping seduce a little girl. Yeah. Um. So he's like, basically he's staring down the barrel of Megan's law and he is having full body convulsions bordering on vomit. And that is when
0: Andy comes in and Barney is just screaming. Just like, what is wrong? With- How did you not know this? What are you raising your kid to fucking do, man? What, and I know that this happens like three times a week for Andy, but Andy still responds with,
2: yeah, huh?
0: <laughs> All right, in fact, in fact, the scene even goes on way longer than it needs to because Barney yells, "You need to go, you need to go right now and Andy's ts are like, "All right, y- will you cover my shift? Yes,
2: I'll cover your shift, go, he, he, This character used to be a human man.
1: <laughs> he used to be a person that reacted to stimuli, <laughs> and he like a- a- anything approximating a person. Would have thrown up and punched a wall in this situation because this is so fucked up. And instead, he's just like, "Well, you know, uh, you win some, you lose some. Uh, yeah, it's just have." That a cookie doesn't cookie apply here. <laughs> <laughs>
2: yeah.
1: <laughs> well, you know, sometimes you guys shit or get off the pot. You know how it is. It's just uh, these metaphors don't make no, any you...
2: sense, Andy. This <sighs> is not. This is not relevant to the
1: situation. K, sera, sera. sra, say vie. You know how it is. We just, uh, you know, the wheels, uh, the wheels keep on turning. Just uh, easy come, easy go. Your Um, son is. (laughs) (laughs) Your son is trying to fuck your Your girlfriend. All right, I think I'm. uh, I'm gonna think. I'm think I'm gonna hit the (laughs) restaurant for lunch before I go. Do you want anything? (laughs) You need to do anything. <laughs> like
0: even Barney is is on board at this point. Like, so,
1: like, you could a, a crazed madman could like break into town, hold a knife to the throat of Aunt B, and be like, "I'll slit her throat right now." And would be like, "Well, you know, what happens happens, and you know, sunrise, sunset." I ran out of things. To yeah, say. yeah, I'm, I, I'm like <laughs> you, you're stretching
0: this out a little bit, man.
1: Uh, <laughs> no, that was him. That was him running out of things to say.
0: So next scene, we're at um, we're at Miss Crump's house, and she's telling Opie, "Hey, listen, I can't accept this gift. This is not appropriate." Andy comes through the door, and they all sit down together. And Andy's like, "And here's the thing." Andy doesn't resolve this problem by saying. Like, hey, you're a kid. This is an adult. I know that this is hard, whatever. And he doesn't, like, explain ages, doesn't explain the difference between an adult or whatever. Uh, what he does say, and this is verbatim, is Miss Crump is a little bit closer to my age, which is she? <laughs> yeah. Like, I, I'd, I'd, I
1: think she's probably at the halfway point. Yeah, I am
0: going to say, like.
1: There's a little,
0: little bit going on, but then he says, "Actually, she's my girl." So basically, back the fuck off. He doesn't say, "Hey, you shouldn't, you shouldn't do this because of age gaps or whatever, because you know the adult and children, and you're a child." Uh, he says, "No, this is my woman. Get your own."
1: He specifically says, "So in a way, you're sorta of on my territory yes. here." Yeah, I, 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 so- okay.
0: Remember, I've, I've got the exact quote from the ultra reliable Bear Wiki. The truth of the matter is, Miss Crump is a little more in line with my age, debatable. As a matter of fact, she's my girl. You're kind of stepping into my territory. That's right. She's my girl, like Sharon McCall was your girl.
1: So, Andy's, Andy's way to resolve this situation, rather than explain literally anything about the world, is to basically say, hey, bitch, you're on my turf, and I don't particularly care I have to say, Miss Crump
0: is just staring off into the distance, wondering how this became her life the entire time. Her her eyes are dead and expressionless.
1: Miss Crump tries to bail. She says, well, I have some things I should probably take care of. And Andy goes, no, sit down. (laughs) (laughs) And she's like, really? I have to? Because I hate every second of this. And I would rather be anywhere else in the world. And the and, um, and lesson
0: Opie takes from this is like, well, you know what? If if it's your girl, I won't do anything. Like, I won't do anything to break this up. And Andy's like, gee, thanks. Opie says, did that mean you and Miss Crump might get married someday? Again, Miss Crump is reaction li- list to this. Andy says, I don't know. We might. And then Opie says, everybody grab a fucking drink if you got one. Opie says, gee, that's swell. As long as she's in the family, I don't care if she's my wife or my mother.
2: Big laugh.
1: Ugh, to which, I, Andy and Crump just look dead-eyed at him. And are just like, this is an adequate resolution to the situation. Basically, Opie is just like, I am so desperate for a second parental figure in here that I will take
2: whatever
1: i can get including confusing feelings for the rest of my life fuck it um like he's just like i I, let's get sure man lock it down let's get her in here let's get her at the breakfast table i don't give a fuck let's get a warm body in this house because you are eating (laughs) shit as a parent and i am rudderless (laughs) andy's andy reacts to this very complicated situation like 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 a, a lion like one of those like older lions that are just like ah, I don't care get out of my territory she's my mate he basically like pisses all over her living room and it's just like I've marked my territory this is mine you may not enter it young man like, and he does it with that level of energy he's just like get out of here Don't try to fuck her. I'm fucking her. You can't fuck her. Go. I'm done.
0: (laughs) Uh, Hey everybody, Marty here. We're about to talk about the show MILF Manor and briefly touch on how our society is getting oddly chill and maybe a little obsessed with themes of incest. And much like the show MILF Manor, we thought there would be some content to talk about here. But it just kind of came out weird and sad and gross. So if you'd rather not hear all of that, you might want to skip the next 11 minutes? We talk about this for 11 fucking minutes? Are you kidding me? Oh, Jesus Christ. Fuck us. We're the worst. Okay, okay. All right. There you go, team. Uh, 11 minutes. Skip it if you need to. We'll see you on the other side. All right. So 2 weeks ago a television show premiered on TLC. <laughs> 2 weeks ago a television show premiered on what was used to be called the Learning Channel and this falls under our jurisdiction now because we did a whole thing on the on the Learning Channel and the history of TLC a couple weeks ago with Kaylani Palmasano who is now making like getting super viral views with her TikTok videos about trading spaces which Fantastic, good for her. Kaylani deserves all the success. She's wonderful, but it'd be
1: waiting for our would cut. Like,
0: would like a little bit of that stuff shoved back to us, Kay. That's all I'm saying. Tha- I'm saying.
1: Yep. And anytime. anytime you want to bounce a couple of royalty checks <laughs> our
0: way, <laughs> we, we need to get like forty percent of that viral of those viral views. Forty percent would be a ridiculous. Right?
2: We need to get. F- we'll take. We need 10. to get five we'll
0: percent of those viral views. Anyway.
1: We keep negotiating ourselves We're negotiating down. with no one. <laughs>
2: yeah.
0: Anyway, so two weeks ago, a, a television show premiered. The show was entitled Milf Manor. Milf Manor is a dating show about a group of older women. They are all above the age of 40. I think they are age 45 to 60. And... They are put on a in a resort with a group of young men all under the age of thirty. They are all like between the ages of twenty and twenty eight but
1: do we do we want to do the texts I sent you for the? Reveal? Yeah
0: i look look, everyone guessed the reveal. there is a reveal everyone guessed this uh the reveal is and I'll just say it uh ex- twist plot twist the the young men are their sons.
1: And so Dan, Dan, so, you
0: you were you told me about this and, a few weeks before it premiered, and you were apocalyptic.
1: I saw the, I so, I was in the emergency room for something. It's fine, <laughs> um, and it was three a.m., um, and the TV was on, and I was like super sleep deprived at this point, um, and. I just saw an ad for MILF Manor, and it it's like, it's just a very standard, like, I'm 50 and ready to get back out there. And then it does the pan up on the young men that they're going to be dating, and it's them going like, oh my god, this changes everything. And I realized that the twist was, the young men are going to be their Everyone sons, realized it, man. And I, everybody realized it. At the time, it seemed like I was like, having some incredible revelation, and I just started texting you, and was like, this is the end of I the woke world. up to these. <laughs> this is... Yeah. And, basically, I was like, because first, this is just going to be something that we're all like, ew, but then people are going to start irony watching it, and then people are going to start actually unironically liking this show, and then it will get multiple seasons, and then society will end. <laughs> the boundaries between what is okay and what is not okay will slowly deteriorate, and then it will be blood in the streets.
0: You sent me all this, and my response was, I don't think anyone's going to give a shit.
1: No, your response was, I think I'm going to watch this show, to which I responded, that's just because you haven't jerked off in two mm, That's weeks. also
0: true. Um, but yeah. I, I, I had to say, like, I, I I thought about it. I, I was like you're you're completely overblowing this this isn't gonna be anything and so far like we're two weeks in and I think I'm right like I haven't seen any think pieces I've seen like one or two like small Twitter threads or whatever uh, but no one really seems to give a shit about this and then I said the words that I didn't think I would ever say which was like I was like I just think that we as a country are just like desensitized to incest shit and this show baits it this show is just has, has little challenges like hey can you identify which of these sun's bodies is yours in the dark or
1: whatever? I don't they, know. It's, um, yeah, it's, uh, you're blindfolded. I, I read a Rolling Stones article about this after that. Um, it was, I thought a lot of the incest shit was going to be like strongly implied. There was going to be a lot of weird edible stuff. I didn't think that they were going to really hit the, hit it head on, which is, um, there are mini games where you're blindfolded. And you have to touch all the young men shirtless and guess which one is your son. So basically, an endurance "don't get horny about your son" challenge.
0: Yeah. So I I'm sure that's a later episode. Uh, but yeah that that was that was the the debate between you and I, which was like you were like this is gonna blow everything up, and I was like no one's gonna give a shit about this. This is not. it it. it I think I think it's partially that we're just like. Numb to it, but also it's kind of like when you see a tweet from somebody that's like really trying too hard to be the main character of the day. Like the the like Mm. desperation of talk about me is just streaming off of this. Yeah. And then now that I've seen an episode of Milf Manor, the one thing I think we did not prepare for is it's just a really fucking boring show. It's it's Mm. just a boring, slightly sad show to to watch. It's not very entertaining. Like the entertainment value isn't there. It's not even like a Real Housewives, like, this is such a train wreck, I have to watch it kind of thing. It just sucks. Um, But between that premiering and this episode of Andy Griffith's show, just, like, all of this is apparently ruminating in my head. Plus, I went on, you know, any porn site, and that's all porn is now. Like, all porn Mm -hmm. is just like, I'm your stepmom, and this isn't okay, Blink, wink kind of bullshit. Anyway, I had, like, a memory unlocked from deep in my psyche. And the reason...
1: Which you told me about this, and I suggested that maybe you should go to therapy. No, no. But you didn't tell me what it was specifically. This this
0: unlocked a memory for me. And the reason I'm saying it on the podcast and not in therapy is because this is a fucked up thing that I witnessed, but not a fucked up thing that I was a party to. So... Mm -hmm. um, This happened when I was in maybe fifth or sixth grade. And I know at least two of our listeners went to the same school that I did. So I'm hoping they can corroborate my story here, but I would have no reason to make this up. There was a pep rally and I want to be clear fifth or sixth grade children. So there was a pep rally at, at my like junior high that, um, the kids were going to like the basketball team was going to some big, uh, basketball tournament and they were doing really well and they were going to travel for it or something i don't know if they were doing well but they were going to a tournament so we were having a pep rally to send them all off and they got the fifth grade or the, i'm sorry they got the basketball team out there in their uniforms and this was like one of the activities you know our school does schools do stupid pep rally activities oh you the face you're making is amazing it's gonna get worse
1: i think i i think i've heard this story before I don't I don't know if it's for I, ha- you, I ha- tell so
0: I haven't point. told this story before, but I have no doubt this has happened in more than one school. Um so they brought the fifth the I keep saying fifth grader instead of the fifth grade. They brought the basketball team out, and then they brought the cheerleaders out. And again, gotta remind you, mm-hmm. children and they gave them a giant piece of Twizzler's rope. Like a long Twizzler. And they said, we're gonna lady in the tramp this stuff, and they gave it to the one end to the cheerleader and one end to the basketball player. And the the boys got to see the cheerleader that they were going to lady in the tramp that's in the middle with in the gym in front of everybody. I had, I cannot stress enough that this was a school sanctioned yeah, how- event. Her, and so but the but then the 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 basketball players got blindfolded. And as they were, you know, nibbling through to the other end, the cheerleaders swapped out with the basketball player's mom. So at the very end, instead of kissing the cheerleader, which again is a child. They were kissing their mom Mm -hmm. right on the lips. In front of everybody. Mm -hmm. This is a school sanctioned activity. Anyway, we don't wade too much into this, but I guarantee you somebody involved, I... somebody involved in that story, whether it's the child, the parent, the fucking school board that had to, to sign off on this, the principal. I guarantee you at least one of those people now believes that all queer teachers are grooming and indoctrinating children into sick pedophilia perversion. I'm I'm saying this, I've I'm heard... angry about this, and I'm sure that this is not the only place that this has happened because nobody at my school was like clever enough to come up with this on their own.
1: I've heard uh, another version of this story um, where it has a much worse twist ending, um, where they were doing the blindfold, you think you're kissing a cheerleader, but you're kissing your mom, except one kid grabbed the person they thought was a cheerleader and gave a deep, powerful tongue kiss. Um, were they Were they high and...
0: schoolers at least? I mean, not that that makes it that much better, but like...
1: I don't recall. This was like a tweet I saw or something. We should go back. Let's just put in an edit point and just be like, "Hey, um we're about to say I we're about to say some really gross shit. You might want to skip ahead um anywhere from uh 3 to 5 minutes." Yeah, you know what, man? <laughs> this is harrowing to talk about, let alone listen <laughs> I, to. I I I I thought when
0: I told this story that our reactions would be funny enough that like but I'm just uh, mad. Like, I'm just mad now.
2: Uh, yeah, we're so gross and weird. What is wrong with <laughs> us? Why are we like this? We didn't do any of this, like man. This you... wasn't us. No, as a society. like I Because think... of the Andy Griffith Show. Where, where the fuck have you been for the past five years, man? I know, I know. Where are Our... Par- like everybody up to our parents generation hopefully it ends with us it won't let's,
1: it won't is just so down with a lot of weird shit they should not have been down with um
0: I, I i feel like we should go on to episode 2 of this because episode
1: let's palate cleanse with episode All right. 2 let's get All right. let's All right. get some better jesus vibes christ, in here jesus christ this
0: went this went in a direction episode 2
1: yeah uh, Holy <laughs> shit! Good luck, episode uh, editing this, bud. You're gonna have to do a content warning I'm on some of the shit we talked about.
0: Um, episode two: Barney's Physical, directed by Howard Morris, written by Bob Ross. Bob Ross wrote both of these episodes, and thankfully, we're not gonna see his name a lot. Like, he shows up once or twice in this season, but like, I, I thankfully, we don't want to deal with him too much. September twenty eighth, nineteen sixty four. Originally aired. Here's your one cent summary from Wikipedia. Annie and Aunt B help Barney hurriedly grow to meet the new civil service height and weight requirements for law enforcement officers. So...
1: It, so, it... I am of the opinion that this episode fucking rules.
2: <laughs> this episode is good. This, this is episode is good epi- as hell. Okay,
1: cool. I'm not alone we, on that. This we, episode we, kicks ass. We've
0: watched this episode together, and... Uh,
1: this episode I, kicks I, I, ass... I, I watched would... it again a second time right before this. I was just fist pumping through the whole thing. I was like, yeah, put him in a fucking artist. Let's fucking go. Eating scene. Eating scene. Give him a milkshake. Let's go.
0: This is the Barney Five Feeder episode. Mm-hmm. Uh, and basically the premise is exactly that. Um, Barney comes in to what should be his five year anniversary on the squad. Once again, by the way, don't think too much hard about the math on that. It doesn't seem to work out. Uh, but Barney's been on uh, the Mayberry Police Department for five years, and it's his five-year anniversary. Andy pretends like he doesn't remember because he's planning a surprise party for Barney later later that day. Um, and they, while Barney is at his own surprise party, Andy's in Mount Airy or wherever the town the county seat is, uh, having a meeting with their bosses, who I guess I don't know who the hell this is, whoever has oversight over them the people who have oversight are now, uh, civil service leaders. Um,
1: they're folding them into the civil service portion of the government. I don't know if they were local. I guess they're now state employees, um, rather than municipal. Um, yeah. So the, the surprise party aspect, um, I had a question that I wanted to raise. So, the first scene is Barney being sad because he thinks that Andy hasn't remembered this big important anniversary to him. And then eventually they're doing this because he's going to get a fun surprise party. That's not really a surprise party. Uh, Marty, do you think that surprise parties suck? Or what's your opinion on a surprise party?
0: Yeah, surprise parties suck. Surprise parties. Surprise parties
1: suck. I've had one and it was a very lovely gesture by all my friends. But I was sad for like a whole day because I thought everybody had forgotten my birthday. And then I was happy for like three hours. I kind of would have just rather have known that my friends were organizing a party for me. That would have made me happy the whole day. But like. A surprise party is kind of predicated on you being bummed out for a while.
0: And that's what happens here. That's what and, happens here. Yeah, it, like Barney's very upset that like his friend forgot their anniversary, basically. Uh, and wounded, actually, yeah, wounded, wounded in a way. I was sympathetic to. Yeah, part surprise parties are garbage. Surprise, yeah, these suck ass. There, yeah, uh, the, the whole deal is I have to pretend to not to not be your friend
1: in order to do something nice for you. So yeah, it's a logistical nightmare that is yeah, like it's it's a pain in the ass to plan. Um, it, pre- it requires you to really bum out your friend. Um, and like, ultimately it's all like all the effort that goes into making a surprise party happen could just be going to giving your friend a nice day. It's yeah. like, I, it, I mean,
0: the, the only way that it really works is if you do it like the day before their birthday or whatever. Right.
1: Yeah. Like, yeah, honestly, the thing that's good about this episode is wacky shit happens. They do get off the wall. But it all comes from, like, a genuine human situation.
0: Yeah. Like. Yeah. So the, the the situation is this. There are new requirements from the state. Let's just say the state uh, for law enforcement officers. Uh, the law, the requirements come from the state who is saying basically, like, we wrapped you up in civil service because too many people were handing out deputy stars for no reason. Like, we were had too many people getting deputized. You know, like, uh, God, I God, don't this. Yeah, I don't know. Like uh, a gas station attendant who has the mind of a child somehow yeah. got a uh, somehow got a star and a gun. I don't know how that happened.
1: <laughs> yeah, too many people that are wildly unqualified to do uh, police work are getting the jobs. And Andy was like, "Well, except my guy, right? You're not talking about him." I. I can't wait to hear about all those other skinny, weak dudes that are incapable of doing their jobs. Oh, man. They, Says I here you've to- got a
0: barber who's had multiple strokes on your payroll?
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, you, so tell me about this uh, guy on your uh, payroll who has been beaten up by 16 criminals, Um, who is easily overpowered and frequently has his gun taken away from him i thought you were gonna say
0: i thought you were gonna say beaten up by six-year-olds which is also correct
1: what has also happened yeah um six-year-olds i think an old lady at one point (laughs) maybe a dog um it, it just the frailest man who is incapable of doing almost anything with his body
0: so anyway, the new, the new requirements uh require deputies to be five foot eight and like a hundred and like fifty pounds or something 50, 160, I don't know. The point is uh not Don Knotts right yeah. So uh Andy's comes back in the middle of the party where like everybody's really cheering for Barney and he just got like a like a watch they just bought him a watch and they engraved it with the number five for five years on the job and they're having a big party and Andy comes in he's like hey man. You should yeah. have another slice of that cake. Yeah. No, seriously, dude. Have another slice of cake.
1: Yeah. Um. So they get right... I thought when we watched this that he was going to dance around it for a really long time. No, and this, then, this like,
0: episode this episode moves well, at a clip. Like,
1: another, any other Andy Griffith episode, Andy would have tried to fatten him up while not telling him what was happening the entire yeah, time yeah. to spare his feelings. Yeah. Yeah, and Barney would have gotten really upset about it. And at the end, Andy would have come would have had to come clean with the truth. Barney would have gotten upset, but then they would come up with some last minute uh hijink that got them through. That's what uh, I was bracing for. And Instead to be they clear, get-
0: they do solve the problem with some last minute hijink,
1: but but, but
0: it's, it's a better it's a better way to get there when Barney knows the whole time because they, they go right to it. They don't dance around it. Uh, the next scene is, you know, them alone. And Andy's like, hey, man, I got to tell you some shit. And he passes. And the way they do this is nice. He passes the, the document to Barney. And Barney reads it silently and then responds. And, like, we've seen Barney throw a fit numerous times. Like, I'm quitting the force or it's over for me. This is the only time when it has ever felt like it mattered. Right? Like... It- the the, the emotion runs here. I get it.
1: It's a real problem. Um, that would actually be a tough situation to be in. And, Barney's Barney's reaction is completely realistic and human. He and, goes,
0: justified.
1: Just- and justified. And justified. He's like, I have proven that I'm good at my job. No, you haven't, but in this situation, let's pretend you are. Yeah. I'm proven I'm good at my job. I'm trusted in the community. I've given five years of my life to this. And he goes, like, you know what? I'm gonna try to like cope with this and say that I'm better off and maybe I'll and I'll be fine when I move on. And it's like a real reaction that an actual human being would have. It's not fuck it's not annoying in any way. And what Andy like them proposes is basically like we're going to figure out some harebrained scheme to get you to keep your job and then the middle part of the episode is just antics ensue scheme. and scheme, scheme sk- aunt, aunt b
0: runs in like, like when when aunt b hears the news she delivers fancy boobie delivers this line so great she's like
2: Only five or six pounds away. I could fatten him up. I could do that so easy. I could do whatever we can. Tag me in, coach. Tag me in. (laughs) Put me in. I've been preparing for this my entire life. This is my only job on
1: this show. I have never been more qualified to do a single task in my entire life. This is the reason I was born. (laughs) Do you understand? This is my
2: destiny. Let's go. I haven't been useful to this show in three fucking seasons. Please. I, I'm basically
1: a Roomba with an air fryer strapped to the top of it. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> like, she's like getting pumped. She's like, let's do it. Let's fuck it up. And Andy's like, yeah, let's go. And she's like, just like high fiving, and like, let's do this thing. So
0: they get the weight requirement there, but the problem is he's still like half, like what, six inches short or whatever. Not six. He's half an inch too short. He's half an inch too short. Thank you. Uh, So then they go to um, a quack. (laughs) Well, (laughs) they call in. They call in a crazy doctor with a random contraption that is
1: quite clearly just a jockstrap hanging from a pole. Yeah, and basically the theory is. Um, somebody had to use this device to clear out an issue with the neck. They had like a pinched vertebrae or something. Um, but after it happened, he was, he was slightly taller because, you know, his spine had been stretched out from being suspended from his head for like several hours a day. So they're like, we're going to put you in this contraption for four hours each day. You're going to hang from your head and that will hopefully make you half an inch taller yeah Um, so
0: that's it he hangs in a closet Um, and
1: you get a fantastic visual bit of Don Knot's fuming while unable to speak or hear well because all the blood is like pooling in his ears and his jaw is like held shut and just suspended from the head in a closet and they don't use that visual bit as much as I think they should have but it works when they do they do one thing that is that is weird. I love this
0: scene. I love this so (laughs) much.
1: Where Opie takes two of his friends over to his house and says, listen my basically uncle is attempting suicide in my closet. Do you guys want to pay me a nickel to see it? And they're (laughs) like they're like, no, we don't believe that he's trying to kill himself in your house. And Opie is like I swear to God, he is attempting suicide as we speak. And they all look at, because little boys are fucking monsters, man. They're little demons. And they're like, yeah, I'll pay you a nickel. And then they're basically, like, they're looking at him like, I can't tell whether or not he's trying to kill himself. Let's ask him. (laughs) At which point, Barney just goes like, get out of here! You haven't just seen a man in a neck harness before? Um... It's pretty great. Opie's a little bastard, and I love it. He's—I like when he's a little stinker. I want to email
0: you know, if, if not for the fact that like I would absolutely get a two hundred dollar bill just for sending the message. I want to send an email to my physician and just be like, "Would this work?" I feel like it would. I feel like you would get like a temporary increase uh, of just like stretching out the spine for like maybe a half an inch. Right? Yeah, I think I, this.
1: I think this is actually legit. I think this is a thing that happens.
0: A- people... a- astronauts astronauts get taller when they're in space because their their vertebrae aren't compressed by by
1: gravity. Well, it so. is a thing. You're um you're taller in the beginning of the day than you are in the at the end of the day. Yeah. Not by a lot, but by a little because your your spine slowly settles.
0: Yeah, I think um, I think this would work. I think it would get him. You know, at least I think the problem is he would have to like do it right before the the measurement. Yeah. But I think he would probably get the extra half an inch for at least 24, maybe 48 hours.
1: This is all he needs. It's a legitimately good plan on both ends. Give him a shitload of food and stretch his spine out. It is feasible and good and not stupid. At
0: one point in time, Thumaloo comes with a giant milkshake. Uh, And they talk about this in the Ultra Reliable Mayberry Wiki. If you look closely, you can see a 31 on the milkshake container, meaning that maybe apparently has a Baskin Robbins. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So she like, she like gives him a milkshake with a straw that he kind of sips there through the, uh, through the harness. So they're like, all right, I did it. I'm five nine or I'm five eight or whatever. Like I did the height. Now I just got to eat stuff. And then more antics.
1: I I do take issue with one thing. Um, Their choice of food to fatten a person up insane why are you giving him steak that's protein it's not gonna it's not gonna sit in uh in his stomach they give him vegetables for fuck's sake they give give him him very healthy meals yeah they give him well-balanced meals cake just give him cake after cake empty carbs that will sit there sugars he should
0: should, should just be eating bowls of white rice (laughs) like
1: bowls of rice Bread, lots of bread, and then just an entire, just not even pie, cake. Like, I was kind of like... Well, they don't want to give him wa-
0: diabetes, Dan. <laughs> like
1: It's only for a week. I was, I was kind of mad watching this because I was like, I would fucking love to have to gain, to have no choice but to gain 10 pounds and have to... Uh, it's against my will. I wish I didn't have to do this. Eat nothing but dessert for an entire goddamn week.
0: It's like, like it's like the first job that an actor takes after their Marvel movie. It's like yeah. hell yeah, no, give me all of that. Like I'm pretty sure that Christian Bale, who has done irreparable damage to his body with all of his transformations, but I'm sure oh. Christian Bale is sometimes just like, please give me a role as a fat guy. Please give me a fat guy role. I just I just I need this. <laughs>
1: I have been, I have been trying to lose COVID weight before my wedding for the last two goddamn years. And I, the, this is, this is basically a dream I think I've had sometimes (laughs) where I'm just like, just somebody is like, eat, get significantly fatter within a short period of time or I'm going to shoot you. Every time I saw a healthy option on there, I wanted to throw something.
0: Antic that they get into to delay the eating, I didn't think was as funny. He just gets no, the hiccups. He eats so much so fast he develops the hiccups. And then he's like, I can't he, really eat anymore with the hiccups. You
1: can eat with the hiccups. You can eat with the hiccups. I do it frequently. And they act like it's actually a serious problem. Like at one point he goes, like, Excuse me, Aunt B. I'm so sorry to offend. And she's like, It's alright. It's alright. You know, these things happen. Like he like like he just ripped a giant fart. Um no, I, I, the thing I would have done instead is he hits a wall in how much weight he can gain and they just keep feeding him and feeding him and feeding him, but he can't get the last pound, which ultimately culminates in Aunt B like shaking him and just be like, gain weight, you son of a bitch.
2: Like, you can, you and can just,
1: easily get one or two pounds just with water. like Yeah, like it should have been that his metabolism is burning the food off faster than she can put it on and Aunt B... Gets a scene to freak the fuck out and just like starts like shoving fried chicken into his face. That
0: would have been funny if, like, if like, the doctor examined him and was just like, medically, Don Knotts cannot gain weight. This is why he looks like this. Like, yeah. That would have been no, funny. That,
1: that would have been great if, like, because, yeah, Francis Bouvier would have gotten a scene to, like, to go nuts in. Um, but instead, they do. He gets the hiccups so he can't eat anymore. Um, so that's the wall they use which is i mean not bad it's just weird it's it it kind of feels like they couldn't think of a, an impediment at that stage but ultimately it doesn't it if they do it so that they have to come up with a hairbrain scheme in the 11th hour yeah which is pretty good i like this
0: i like this hairbrain scheme
1: it's fun um so he, he has to wear his official uniform during the weigh-in, which includes a whistle and his uniform and a chain for his dog tag. Um, And they find the loophole that they put a very big, heavy, thick chain on to hold the dog tag up and put it under his uniform. So they cheat.
2: Uh, yeah, they cheat. <laughs>
1: on a technicality. <laughs> they, they, that... they, they, they,
0: it's basically like he's wearing a weighted vest, but yeah, they, they cheat.
1: They they cheat and I don't and They do it on a technicality but I'm just kind of like They would have fired you if they'd figured that out You could have just put a bunch of weights in his pockets But whatever man
0: no, 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 no. Like, they, pr- they would have had him empty the pocket. Like, it had to be the chain. It had to be the chain yeah. because chain is, is the issue that they wouldn't... You know, just using their own rules against him. I'm fine with it. I'm fine. It's
1: so... No, it's
0: so good. It's very it's good. It's such a
1: great sight, ba- sight gag to have him take a very heavy chain off of his neck after.
0: Yeah, he says, man, um, it's amazing what a thick chain you need to hold up these little tags. <laughs> it's funny. Yeah.
1: I mean, okay. So, it's fucking great. It's a great episode. Um it's the happiest i think i've been with a Andy griffith episode because even when we've liked it so far the writing has been shit yeah. but it's been such a sloppy fun mess that we've just been like ah, i love you you little bastard come here now
0: come this, here, this, this, one, this one moves at a clip it's a clear story it's just like it. it, it, it doesn't it doesn't bog itself down with anything it's just Problem, resolution, new problem, resolution. You know, it's
1: legitimately good jokes. Uh, Sight gags. This show loves to do sight gags that don't fuck it, that are not adequate payoff for the hoops they need to jump through. They always do like, oh, we're going to do Don Knotts dressed as a donkey. So we uh, that'll be funny for four seconds. So we had to do a bunch of dumb bullshit. Him in the harness. Don Knotts looks funny as fuck in that. (laughs) Uh, even,
0: even the filler bits are funny, right? The the kids getting together to see if, he's, if Barney's committing suicide is funny.
1: The <laughs> like, oh, oh, They're really relying on Don Knotts' abilities as a physical actor here, which he crushes. They Don Knotts pretending to be too full to eat is really great. Like, they just let him... They just give him adequate conditions to have fun. <laughs> um... There's no, I mean, all right, we could get into some, do we, do we want to get into the, the cop bullshit of it all of like, is this, uh, uh, is this you wanna, an okay thing you to wanna do? You want to just
0: talk, no, I don't, I don't give a shit about that. I don't care. I don't care. Yeah. This is like, this is like, yeah, the, this is like the least bad cop thing they've ever done. Uh, yeah. if, 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 if anything, if anything, uh, this show is or this episode is a massive step forward for the andy griffith show because it shows that there is some oversight somewhere over the police department and the idea is that someone has introduced the idea that maybe we should have some standard for cops if anything this is like by by this standards for the first five years we've done here like a fucking massive leap forward uh
1: Five score, uh, yeah, zero. I'm, gonna, I'm just going to do, do real quick. There should be physical requirements for police officers if we do have police officers so that they can resolve situations without shooting somebody. Um, uh, yeah, yeah, but yeah, also, boom. also also like, when we
0: watched this together, we were like, oh, this was definitely, I mean, this was clearly pre-ADA because, like, you can't really have. Oh,
1: yeah. yeah huge ADA violation. Yeah. Five score. Uh, zero. One because cop.
0: Yeah, sure. Um, one because cop. Yeah, default. Yeah,
1: five oh, also the Vietnam War. Um
0: Right. Yeah. Wait, always remember the Vietnam War is happening, so we have always to add the plus the Vietnam four.
1: War is happening, so it's a 2. Yeah. Um one <laughs> because cop, one because Vietnam War.
0: But um, but in, in all honesty, like nothing. Like and and for like yeah. and for uh Andy
2: Meter on this episode? 9, 10. Maybe is this a ten? Fucking, you know what? I'm gonna give it a ten. Rocking I with a ten, head right the key. Let's I,
0: fucking do a ten. I, I'm 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 gonna withhold and do a nine just because I, I feel like they could have done the the weight wall a little better. The hiccup thing didn't work for me, but um, yeah. So I'm gonna say a nine. Like I, this is good, solid all around. Enjoyed it, enjoyed it. Ratings Maybe for he's... the other
1: episode which we skipped. Um. Okay. Andy meter. Uh, Andy meter. <sighs>
0: I didn't enjoy it's pretty... this. It's it's a boring episode. It's a straight up boring episode until like that one last. I'm going to do three.
1: The jokes that the scenes that were like working comedically were, at, were also the ones that were the most gross. <laughs> so it did. I didn't really get to enjoy them. Like the Don Knotts reading poetry to Opie, who is then reading it to Helen Crump would have been really funny if it wasn't re- if I wasn't really uncomfortable the entire time. So and other than that like dramatically Andy as a character and an actor is just so neutral Nothing. and boring like, no. that yeah. it just disarms the entire thing. There's a clear like line between episode 1 and episode 2 where Andy Griffith seems to actually give a shit Yes, about yeah. the episode that he's in. So, I'm gonna put it at, like, a fucking one.
0: Yeah,
1: um, yeah. Barney Meter, what do you think?
0: I mean, okay, the the Barney Meter is just about the psychic damage, right, and, the, like, how much of it is normalizing shit that shouldn't be normalized. And normally we do that about cop shit. Um, You know, I just... I think the episode itself... Is I don't want to say harmless, but like the ultimate resolution is just like it's weird. There's that one weird line, but put into context with everything else, and maybe I'm I'm being too harsh on the show because I'm bringing in you know fifty years of other shit that's happened since then, Mm -hmm. which I know is sort of our deal, but I don't want to do it too much.
2: Um,
0: I'm still gonna say a four. Because at its core, this is still a boy gets a crush on a teacher episode, which is not the worst thing in the world, you know?
1: I'm gonna give it, I'm gonna put it at a seven. I feel like, well, alright. I, I feel like the the episode poises the question of, um, hey, why shouldn't a young boy try to date an adult woman and the Andy, this Andy Griffith show episode basically, like they get the whiteboard out and they do a bunch of calculations, and then they look back and be like, "We don't have anything. We got to get out of this on a technicality." Um. So his dad's already dating her. Um. We're gonna come back to it. We're we're you know we're we're all gonna get a get a good sleep tonight, and I think we're going to um. We're we're gonna try to come up with some sort of defense for age of consent laws.
0: Um, <laughs> they, 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 Andy responds to age of consent laws like Jim Harbaugh explaining why the Ravens lost. Like, yeah. <laughs> like he's just like you know whatever we uh we did what we could out there. Things don't grow your way. You know we're just gonna come back next season. Looking forward to that. Just all right. No more other questions. Yeah,
1: <laughs> like it basically like. Yeah, like Opie like walks up to the writers of the Andy Griffith Show and was like, "Should adults date children?" And they're like, "You know what? We have a lot of conversations amongst ourselves about that subject, and uh, you know, we're deadlocked on it. <laughs> so uh, get out of here. We'll we'll let you know when we figure something out. Um, so I'm gonna put it at a seven.
0: All right, all right, that, that's fair. Uh all right, guys. nice to be back in Mayberry. Uh as always, you can find us on the internet on different places. Uh please leave a rating and review just like Big In 69. Uh no, not just like him, nicer than him. Um,
1: please be nicer to us. Please we, we we don't enforce this rule enough. Please be nice to us. Yeah. We're, we're we're both very sensitive people. Uh
0: on the internet, as long as Twitter exists, we're at Break Mayberry. Uh I'm still at Schneid Remarks for however long that is. Uh Patreon.com slash breaking Mayberry if you want to support us with your money dollars and um Facebook group uh is Breaking Mayberry fans. We've had some people who I think are actual Mayberry fans try to join the group lately and I've rejected them. Um good so, call. So that's it for us. We're back in welcome back to Mayberry, folks. I'll see you all down at the fishing hole.
2: Abou.